Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joining us to, we won't, you know, make it too hard for, for Brad. I'm sure Brad can handle it. And if he feels like we're asking him too much, he can just you know, leave. I hope he doesn't. Brad Spielberger of PFF and Over the Cap. Brad, can you help us uh, figure out what the Bills' next moves are here? Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Good. So, the, the... What are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for starters, 21 UFAs, you know, several of whom are very much key players, and this... Starting point, like I mentioned from from Bean, Brad, where like we're already over the number. Is that a lot of teams? You know, I don't know if you know the twenty one exactly where that would rate, but um, I'm sure plenty of teams face the same over general challenges at this point. They're definitely near the bottom of the league. They're about let's see, thirty two, thirty one, thirty two, nine, twenty seventh uh, in projected cap space for twenty twenty three with that overage. Uh, you know, teams like the Chargers are ahead of them. The Vikings, the Buccaneers, the Saints also have some holes to dig their way out of. And those teams, obviously, um, you know, some of them don't have a quarterback already under contract, have some other issues to figure out. So it's not a great situation, of course, but, you know, that's that's the price you pay to be a consistent playoff team and, and a, you know, expensive and talented roster. So how, I mean, how do you think, uh, we'll start with the guys in-house first. Like, how, how would you prioritize, like, Edmonds seems like a very, or Poyer, uh, both are maybe very challenging because, Poyer, I feel like the writing's on the wall. Like, if they were going to get something done with him, I think that maybe already would have been done. Um, that doesn't mean they can't still work something out now, I know. Um, and Edmonds, boy, when we saw the Roquan Smith contract before the regular season ended, I was like, okay. Uh, like, I don't think Edmonds gets that much, but it has to raise the level of pay at that position. Um, what do you think they should do with both of those guys? Yeah, so, you know, I think Poyer, like you said, he wanted an extension before this season, made that very clear. They obviously could not come to terms there. He'd always been a super durable guy, finally missed some time, you know, logged over a 1,000 snaps five years in a row before this year, finally had some nicks and bruises that kept him out. And, you know, I think they could maybe find a way to keep him around on a cheaper deal. I, you know, I think he believes his value is perhaps a little bit higher than the market will dictate. And I'm not saying that because, you know, PFF loves him. He grades super high every year. He's clearly an important part of this defense. But safeties over 30 years old don't really get paid outside of Harrison Smith in Minnesota, probably on the most player-friendly contract in the entire NFL. But for me, the bigger decision, I think you have to let Tremaine Edmonds walk. I know he's a first-round player. You pick up the fifth-year option. He did show growth this year. He had his best coverage grade for us by a country mile, which had always been his issue. I know he's young. He's a freak athlete. We go on and on and on and on. But 
look, you paid Matt Milano. Milano's a better player, arguably, in every facet. Um, and, and like you said, he's not going to get five years, $100 million like Roquan Smith, but probably wants to bridge the gap between Milano at 10.5 and, and Roquan at 20, maybe getting that 15, 16, or whatever conversation. Um, this roster cannot afford that, in my opinion. I guess it's what I want to ask next is already inherent to your last comments, but you think, like, the athlete – the the age you know everything put together on Edmonds the position he plays the the way he plays all of that adds up to a situation where he would be somewhat in high demand to a degree so the interesting thing this offseason is I would argue the off-ball linebacker is the the strongest position in all of free agency there are so many players there that I think it's going to be a buyer's market as a result and maybe some of those Mm -hmm. deals get pushed down Um, you know David Long in Tennessee a very good player you have guys across the NFL, different ages, different skill sets, different sizes, whatever you want at an off-ball linebacker you can find. Um, so maybe that helps to a degree. But, yeah, you know, for him, he did take steps this year. He still has growth potential, um, you know, has the first-round status, all those things. He's not taking some discount deal. He, if anything, you know, like I said, probably 15 16 or so million dollars, and you convince the team, hey, you're buying – still an ascending player, a guy that, you know, really was was new to football or or new to this level of football coming into the NFL as the second youngest draft pick in his entire class, Um, you know, that's going to boost the value. With Brad Spielberger of PFF. So Shaq Lawson is another name on this defense. It feels like, Brad, that just, you know, whether it's granular and talking about contracts here or just overall on the Bills, with this loss – um, the defense really struggled in this game against the Bengals. A lot of confusion, broken coverages, and 12 men on the field a couple times. We're talking about whether Leslie Frazier is safe. Like There, there seems like the, this, the cap stuff maybe sets them up to, to overhaul a little bit, if that's not too strong a word. Lawson's another key player who is up. Um, do you have a, either a feeling on him, not to be asking you two questions at once, I'm sorry, but a feeling on him or just sort of this vibe that I'm relaying to you that maybe it sets up for the Bills to do a lot of things on defense, make a lot of changes. Yeah, I think they're going to have to. I think he's another guy where you'd like to have him, but he's frankly a bit of a luxury when you need these young players to step up. You already have, you know, first and second round picks in, in uh, Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Sasham. AJ Epines is still getting snaps. Obviously, you want to get Von Miller back healthy. With the other issues, in my opinion, the offensive line should be their main priority. Getting a third receiver probably a priority. Uh, I don't think a fourth or fifth edge rusher is a luxury they can really afford. You know, as solid as he looked in the playoffs, I thought he had a good game. I thought he played well down the stretch. Um, that's just, you know, like I said, when you, like Brandon Bede said, to his credit, I know he's getting a lot of flack for the Jamar Chase component and all that, but this is the reality of roster construction in the NFL. When you're paying $43 million a year to quarterback and $24 million a year to your number one receiver, um, and then, of course, some other pricey contracts, Von Miller, Matt Milano, et cetera, uh, Tredavious White, you can't keep everyone. And, and I think Shaq Lawson's probably a guy that falls on that list. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I kind of thought, you know, I don't know how germane this is to this conversation, but, uh, Brad, they, they were in the summer, they drafted Terrell Bernard, linebacker, in the third round. And, boy, was he getting love in the summer. Like, super smart, really intuitive, instinctual. And I remember saying in the summer, they're laying the groundwork. Like, there's no way Milano and Edmonds are both on this team next year, is what I thought. And I I think financially that still is probably right. What happened along the way, though, from the summer to now, is that Bernard 
really sort of disappeared. Like he he wasn't even really an injury uh, replacement when when either Edmonds or Milano wasn't around. Um, and so I don't know if 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 they're still as bullish on him. And maybe laying the groundwork for for Poyer to move it was something McDermott divulged on Monday, which is that they're thinking of moving sixth round rookie corner Christian Benford to safety. Um, so yeah, yeah. they might the wheels are kind of in motion is all I'm trying to say. No, hundred percent. And they have mixed and matched those DBs on the back end and had some success moving guys around. Um, and you have to get creative, you know, with things like that. You mentioned Bernard. I would say maybe the one thing working in his favor is we've seen it might be the toughest position right now to come into the NFL and play at a high level right away is off-ball linebacker. There is just so much stress now placed on the position as teams play more and more too high safety looks and have light box counts. They have all these responsibilities in the run game because, you know, there's less bodies down there. And they're still asked to cover, you know, tight ends and running backs and the occasional, you know, number three receiver, um, you know, lined up in the slot. So it's just it's so much stress knowing where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to line up, you know, what your responsibilities and keys are. Um, maybe that's what you can try to, you know, sell yourself on. Is, hey, they, they thought he needed some more mm-hmm. mental grooming, uh, but, you know, physically they liked what they saw. And if they can figure that out and get him more comfortable with the playbook and, and everything they're doing, then he could, you know, get on the field and, and play some good football. Brad Spielberger of PFF, our guest, Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here. So, I'm the Bills. I'm over the cap already, not knowing exactly what the number will be. And I've got these free agents, and we're trying. We're talking about whether there are ways to fit them in. And there's many more guys than those that we've mentioned. But I've still got to make cuts from who I've got. How do you tend to sort of attack that, Brad? Or how would you think Brandon Bean or a GM would attack that? Like, I've, I've got a page up. It has everybody's dead cap number, and I'm kind of starting there. Like, I see Naheem Hines at $4.5 million, but no dead cap number, so I can move on there. And I would think, if I'm reading it right, that the Bills would do that in that case. Is there a better way or another way to that, to sort of try to figure out how to put the puzzle together? No, so that's, that's where I start as well. You know, I, what I do is I have a kind of evaluation metric, and I say, all right, here's what, I, here's what the data tells me this player is worth or his production was worth um, either last season or over the last two seasons. Um, and here's what he's owed from a cash standpoint next year. If, if those numbers, you know, if the value is less than what he's going to get paid, then he's probably a cut candidate, um, you know, and of course, you know, and vice versa. But I, I think at the outset, you know, Hines is a decent name to mention. They also can restructure some deals, and I think there are some fairly obvious candidates. Josh Allen, of course, being the primary one. He can clear over $20 million by doing a restructure of his contract, which, you know, when you sign a quarterback to a long-term deal – you basically, you know, cook that and you know you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Deion Dawkins and Matt Milano probably make sense there as well. Um, and then I think you get into the cuts of Naheem Hines. Maybe Tim Settle going into that second year didn't show you enough of what you wanted to see from him. Um, you know, but there aren't a lot of obvious candidates, which is obviously not great uh, when you're trying to clear some money off the book. I've seen some writing locally speculating about Mitch Morse being a cut candidate. And, and boy, that, that like, I, I made a face. Like, my eyebrows went up when I saw that because they've got line problems to begin with and Morse is far from a problem. Um, what, what do you think? What do you, how, how does that equation work for him as far as what he's owed and what his performance was? Yeah. So he's a super interesting case. And, and I remember last off season, I thought maybe he was a the guy they weren't, you know, that they were going to make move on because they asked him to take a pay cut. He accepted that pay cut. And then I think he had a good bounce back year, but I thought, Hey, maybe they still want to get younger there. But as you mentioned, I, I mean, 
Uh, Rogers Heffold, you know, very good player for a very long time. You get the move there, but that was a total flop. And then Ryan Bates is a solid player, but look, they, they gave him the lowest round restricted free agent tender for a reason, um, thinking they could get away with it. Obviously, that was a miscalculation on Brandon Bean's part. Chicago comes in with the offer sheet that they're forced to match, and Bates was okay, but he's not, you know, he's not a plus player on the interior either. So, like you're saying, it's it kind of makes you, you know, raise your eyebrows. Oh, we're going to cut our best interior offensive linemen with question marks at both guard spots with right tackle still kind of, you know, getting mm-hmm. sorted out to a degree. Um, yeah, that that's going to be a tough one. I think it's possible if they feel they have someone in place that they can get maybe 80% of Mitch Morris for you know 20% of the cost. Um, but that's that's easier said than done. Brad, you talk about like restructuring the players you mentioned. Allen, you said was obvious, Milano and Dawkins. Just in general, how penal is that to a team to do it? Like these are not moves. You, you there there might be moves you feel like you have to make and you're planning on making, but you know that to some extent down the road they're going to become a hindrance, right? I mean, just how do you sort of run the the calculations on that? Yep. So essentially, you know, what you're doing with the restructure is basically you can view the cap as like a credit card, right? You, you can spread any cap, uh, any money out over five years if you restructure it, turn it into a signing bonus and push it down the line. And, and you know, a lot of fans will see the Rams do crazy things and the Saints and some of these teams. And, you know, they'll tell me, you know, you know, Mr. Capologist over here that, oh, the cap's fake and you can do whatever you want and there's no ramifications for it. And, and then you see the Saints, Rams, Falcons, all these teams that stink. Um, and I say, yeah, what, what a surprise. The team that can't spend any more money and, and you know, 40% of their salary cap is going to guys that are no longer on their roster. Oh, what a shock. They're not good anymore. So, so look, I mean, that is part of the equation. You have to do it when you have a good young quarterback and a talented team. But that's also why you see, you know, Tyree Kill's not a Kansas City Chief for a reason. Like, you have to make those tough decisions sometimes. I'm not saying the Bills shouldn't have kept Stephon Diggs. I'm definitely not saying that. But, but that's why those tough decisions have to be made because eventually – the credit card bill is going to come due, and then things get really sticky. Yeah. G- given what we've been talking about here already, this is probably a dopey question to ask, but I, I just feel like I want to ask it because Brandon Bean a year ago talked about how, you know, don't expect any big splashy moves. You know, this is not what, what we're, we're lined up to do here. And then, of course, they signed Von Miller. Uh, yesterday he's asked the same question in the same way, like, hey, last year you said you wouldn't do anything splashy, and then Von Miller happened. So, you know, tell us again, is, is this really not going to happen? And he you know, sort of doubled down, like, well, yeah, Von Miller is our splashy one, even for this year, because it carries over. There's not enough room for them to move enough things around to do something really big, right? I wouldn't expect it. Um, you know, I, I think Von Miller was, was there. The, the stars kind of aligned. I mean, we saw, obviously, they were, you know, fourth for us in pressure rate when he was on the field. They were 20th when he was not on the field. I mean, that's how much of a, you know, difference he made. And you saw, you know, obviously against Cincinnati, um, they really, you know, against a bat, you know, battered offensive line could not do much. And it was because that they, they signed Von Miller for January. So it's unfortunate, you know, that he obviously got hurt earlier in the year. Um, I, I don't think he's lying this time. I, I think it would be a surprise for them to make a big move because um, we also haven't even gotten the conversation of, you know, do you feel obligated to extend a guy like Gabriel Davis going into the last year of his deal? Do you want to keep him off, you know, you know, the free agent market or avoid a franchise tag, all those things? So, you know, they have other in-house business to get, you know, taken care of that will add more money to the cap. Um, I would be surprised if they make a free agent splash. I, I think Miller just kind of worked out perfectly um, and, you know, unfortunately got hurt, but obviously it looked like a good move, at least initially. 
Brad, do you have a thought on Stephon Diggs? He is not somebody who, A, is up and you have to figure out, or B, like he's not a cut candidate, $45 million dead cap. I mean, he's Stephon Diggs. Um, kind of an interesting end to his season. Uh, and you mentioned hearing the Bean comment about the Bengals. I didn't think it was like at least v- much in the way of edgy, just sort of how it came out uh, that when he made the comment about Jamar Chase. And that's making the rounds again today. Micah Parsons <laughs> tweeted a clip of Bean saying that, you know, we didn't suck like the Bengals or whatever the exact line is. Um, so how do you feel about how the Bills with Diggs, you know, and their offense are set up here? Yeah, so I don't think Diggs can go anywhere. Um, you know, if you want to restructure his deal, you get about five point six million and more. You know, cleared cap. And again, with those guys that you know are going to be around for the next couple of years, you're probably comfortable doing that, especially if his salary is already fully guaranteed, which it is. So, you know, the tougher part is when you start restructuring guys with salary that is not guaranteed. And so, in theory, you could have cut them in without a penalty, and instead you're pushing it down the line, and, and you know that dead cap is waiting for you at some point. So. You know, I know it was a tough end of the year. He obviously expressed frustration on the field, on Twitter, whatever. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he is this offense, um, you know, outside of Josh Allen. I honestly think they still need more help at wide receiver. You saw them obviously bring in guys like Jameson Crowder and Cole Beasley and whoever they could get. Um, I think it's because they felt they really did not have enough there. So he's not going anywhere, in my opinion. Um, as for the Bean comment, it wasn't that inflammatory. I'm not really sure why everyone's making such a big deal out of it. I think it's kind of funny, um, you know, that, that teams do, though. They're so afraid, or fan bases, I should say, are so afraid of being bad for a couple of years and then being good. And, and you look at this weekend, the Bengals, you know, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe, Joe Burrow, all because they were picking top five, you know, took Higgins the first pick in the second round. You look at San Francisco. If they don't lose all those games in 2018 and then take Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel with the second pick and the 34th pick, they're not playing this weekend either. Like, it does help to think, um, but you're not going to think it for the Bills for a very long time. That's still a good thing. Uh, I'm, I'm sure fans are happy to, you know, with that. They, they had enough down years before, um, but that is the reality of the NFL, and, and sometimes it can help. Yeah, Might be skipping a little too far ahead in this conversation to ask you about free agent wide receivers, Brad. Like, I, I know just a cursory glance at the list doesn't look – that attractive you're probably gonna you know pay just an exorbitant amount for a player who probably doesn't warrant it uh if you go shopping in that market is there but the bills definitely have a need um you know and they can draft that of course but if they're looking for something more proven ahead of the draft i don't know is there is there a sneaky smart idea out there that you like for them at receiver you know unfortunately you're, you're spot on it is not a very talented group um, which yeah, then could in turn maybe drive those prices up higher than what you're comfortable with because of the scarcity. I think maybe one name that could be interesting, if they want to add a, you know, a speed element in a slot, is Paris Campbell from Indianapolis. You know, a guy could not get on the field for the first three years of his career, finally did play 85% of snaps, played in every game this season, and I still don't think he's going to break the bank just because there is some of that downside risk. But for me, honestly, in, in the draft, um, end of the first round, I think there are going to be some really talented wide receivers there. I'm sure you, you know, you've talked about all the names, but Jordan Addison at USC and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. And I, and I think these guys are going to fall into that range in the late 20s. Um, and maybe that's where you strike and, and bring in a young player that could eventually you know, become the number one guy on the team in, in a couple years down the road. Brad, one more. The running back market. So many big names at running back are up. Josh Jacobs off the year he had, Saquon Barkley, and many others. The Bills have Devin Singletary, who's on this list. What will that mean? I can't figure out. I play a lot of fantasy, 
and there's going to be so much player movement, but it seems like way more supply than demand, and I can get, this has been true for years, you know, I can get a good or, you know, good enough running back from the draft in the mid-rounds, I think. Like, what do you think it adds up to? Yeah, so the, the exact opposite of wide receiver. It is, again, just like I mentioned with linebacker, it might be the deepest or one of the deepest you know, free agent groups at running back in years, um, which, again, should probably lead to a buyer's market, especially at a position like running back. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think the Bills, obviously they tried the you know day two pick route three times, and you could argue you know there's not a ton of evidence any of those three were you know, home run hits or, or you know, they really worked out. I mean, Singletary's a fine player. It's a little early on Cook. I think you probably wanted more out of a second-round pick than what you got so far. But, yeah, I don't think they can afford to spend much there at all. I think it's James Cook, and maybe you keep Naheem Hines because he has the return element and the receiving element, and then you add, you know, a third down, short yardage, goal line type back. Um, you know, I guess Josh Allen is that right now. But, yeah, that, that, that's a luxury that I don't think they can afford. Do you see those guys I mentioned, or is, is Delvin Cook on this list maybe? There's a lot of them, whoever it is. Uh, do you see some number of those guys really doing well in free agency, or are teams now at a point where like they know not to do that? Teams really have shown, uh, you know, that they kind of agree with the, the sentiment of you know some of us nerds out there. But no, I mean, all jokes aside, like I, I think the Nick Chubb contract was a bit of a pivotal point. Um, him getting three years, thirty-six point six million, about twelve point two million dollars per year, when he was clearly one of the best running backs in the NFL. Yes, he doesn't really have a receiving you know, element to his game, which can boost your value. That's probably why Christian McCaffrey is the highest-paid running back in the NFL. Um, and Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs do offer that. But I think that the, the market is capped. I mean, McCaffrey signed in 2019 at $16 million a year. Ezekiel Elliott was the year before that at $15 million a year. And I don't think Barkley or Jacobs, you know, the two top guys this year, are going to sniff that. I think it's going to be in that 12 to 13 maybe 14 if some team goes big um you know that's where derrick henry aaron jones joe mixon dalvin cook all those guys are right in that neighborhood and i think there's kind of a a ceiling on the position market right now right on and i mentioned cook but he's not an unrestricted free agent he doesn't have the biggest dead cap number so we'll see but he is not on the ufa list brad really good yeah he could be (laughs) he He, could be eventually (laughs) he could be eventually right thank you brad really helpful and interesting i'm glad we were able to connect Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 